Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome to another episode of Feeling Free. I am your host, Ben Harris, and today we have an incredible episode with Dr. Chris Lee. Today we talk about the neuroscience, the biology, the science of fear. And did you know that fear can like physically make you sick because it is deregulating your nervous system. So the more fear that you feel, it decreases your ability to fight off sickness. So how this episode breaks down is in the first half, we get to hear the incredibly inspiring story of Chris. Like his story is insane. It sounds like a movie. It's it's hard to believe. And so the first half is us diving into that and it just it's going to inspire you. It's like, how is this real? And what this dude has been able to do going through these ex- experiences. So it's very inspiring. So we'll hear that. And then the second half, we get into the biology and the science of fear and breaking it down because he is one of the smartest dudes I know, an amazing, amazing man. So get ready. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, please, you know, rate and review all the fun things that every channel and podcast will ask you to do. But if this podcast is special to you, then I would I would love it if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts, um, follow on Spotify, send this to a friend because it helps the show get recognized and recommended to other amazing souls like you looking for wisdom, looking for truth, looking to come home to them, to come home to themselves to remember how amazing they are. So thank you in advance. I appreciate you. I appreciate you so much for being here. Thank yourself and damn it. Cue the intro. Let's go. Welcome to the Feeling Free Podcast. My name is Ben Harris, also known as the Fear Guy. My job is to help you feel more free in your life with love and relationships, self-worth, and much more. I'm happy you're here. I love you. I believe in you. Let's break free from fear together. Yo, Chris, what it do, my dude? We doing, we doing the gosh dang thing. Oh, I should have asked before we even start recording. Can I swear? Yes, you can. Fuck yeah. So what, we're about what, to do the damn thing. Whatever is the most authentic version of you, that's who I want you to be. Oh, I'll be that person. We're here. <laughs> we're here in the now. I'd be, I be here. So Chris, before, so today our general focus, which I know will flow and go in whichever way we're called. But for me, I've touched base on like the science of fear, the biology of fear, like how it works inside of our minds and all of that fun thing, those fun things. But I want to make sure that I bring in an expert like yourself to really cover the basics and then also delve beneath the surface. Mm. Let's, <laughs> let's talk dirty. Talk science. Let's talk dirty. So on a very basic, actually, before we get into this, I think it's necessary <clears throat> that people know about um, your story a little bit. And actually, I usually don't do this because I feel like most podcasts, most of it is just hearing about people's stories. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's just like, come on, like get to the questions. Let's go. Yeah. But for you, you have so much power and wisdom. And I just feel for whatever reason that we should talk about your story. So will you just start from whichever point that you feel called to begin? Yeah, I absolutely will. Um, So first off, like huge shout out to Ben for having me on the show and like doing this thing. If you guys have not rated and reviewed the show, please go do that. Um, And I love that plug plug done. Um, So where I'm at right now in my life, uh, I'm not supposed to be here right now. And I know Ben, you and I have talked about this, that the life that I have right now is a complete 
accident, I would dare say, right? And I say accident in like quotation marks, but the life that I have now being a, cons- a coach and a consultant and running a couple companies and owning a few businesses, this is not what I had planned out for me. This, this isn't where I was meant to be. This isn't yeah. anything that I had expected from my life. So where this really got started is if you don't listen to the whispers, you get the screams, mm-hmm. right? I think we're all downloaded and endowed with gifts and skills and, and things that I think we innately know as children. And then in some way, shape or form, we're conditioned to believe that that's actually not what you should be doing or right. If you want to be that professional athlete when you're young and that's what you focus on every single day at some point in time, like it just kind of gets beaten out of you. Right. And when I was going into my doctorate degree, I was there with the intention of getting the nine to five, being a physician and and finishing up and getting out white picket fence, 2.5 kids, 1.5 dogs, like the whole thing. Right. And inside of me, I always had this like little like stir of like, "Ah, yeah, that's cool. Like doctor. Yeah. Nice. Um, But I didn't listen to it. So the universe, if you don't listen, gives you these nudges, right? It gives you these signs, these signals like, Hey, what about this way, Chris? And I didn't listen. If you don't listen, the universe starts to like push. You're like, no, no, no. Like I, I have a really amazing gift that I put inside of you and I want you to express that. Mm. And I was like, nah, like not, not my thing. Like I want to go do the nine to five. I want to work the practice. 2.5 kids, 1.5 dog, white picket fence type of thing. Right. Um, and then the universe is like this way. Right. And if you don't listen to the whispers, you get the screams and eventually the universe hits you upside the back of the head with a two by four and says this way. Well, I got hit upside the head with a two by four and still didn't listen. And then the universe goes, we got a stubborn one here and I'm going to hit you with a car. So in 2016, I got hit with a car. I literally just though. With, literally got hit with a car. <laughs> I love how you frame this story. It's great. Literally got hit with a car, guys. Um, so I just finished up. I'm a year into my doctorate program. Got finished up with a neurophysiology uh midterm essentially, which was written. I am still to this day sure it was written in a different language, one that I am not sure anybody in this planet speaks. So I got done with that and I was just like, wow, I, wow. Okay. So like any good 22 year old kid, I got on my bicycle because sitting down for 18 hours a day and studying and doing that, like, wasn't my vibe. I've always been an athlete, always moved. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to ride my bike. I'm in Atlanta. So I got on my bike, rode my happy ass to Walmart, and really, really was going to indulge. Got a $3 bottle of wine, went to the clearance department, $2 dark chocolate, going to go home. I'm going to cry and I'm going to watch friends, right? Like <laughs> that's, that's just what you do, right? So I got my wine and got a good one that was in a glass, uh, glass bottle, not in a bag, and got my chocolate, put it in my backpack and I'm riding home. I got headphones on and I'm listening to, I'm sure, some Kygo remix of Whitney Houston singing Higher Love. Kygo remix. Nice. And I'm bombing down this hill going probably 35 or something like that on a single speed bike for anybody that's out there, like this Frankenstein bike. And I'm going and I'm going. And then slow motion hit me when I was making this turn. Had a helmet on. I was good to go. Um, And I see this black SUV below this stop sign. And I'm watching this happen in slow motion. And I know what happened now is like, I had projected myself out of my circumstance to not feel the pain, right? That's what we do when we get traumatized, mental, physical, emotional. You project your awareness out so that you can observe, but you don't have to experience. And that's what I had done. So if you guys have ever had that slow motion moment, you turn down the frontal cortex and you activate different parts of your brain so that you don't have to experience the pain. And we get more into that science sure down the road. So this car crushes me. 
at 35. They're going 35. I'm going 35. A lot of kinetic force hits me and does not stop. So did it hit you like in the side? Uh, so yeah, we like hit each other. So we were yeah. coming in it was kind of like getting like T-boned on a T-bone type of thing. So we were like colliding and mm-hmm. I hit it hitting me type of thing. Cause mm-hmm. I was like trying to like steer and I was like going to rip myself into the woods and try to miss the back end of it. But he just kept going faster, hoping that he would miss me. So we both had the right idea minus his idea of blowing this uh, stop sign. So he crushes me and I get catapulted in because obviously I do not have as much kinetic force as a SUV does. And I blacked out. Woke up in the ditch three hours later. Bike is completely trashed. I had a concussion. Um, I was completely soaked. I'm like, oh, this wine bottle broke. And I'm like pissed off. My body hurts. Like something's wrong. Wait, so it's a stop. So you woke up in the ditch. There was no one around still at this point? There was a homeless man that had seen my bike but did not see me. So I heard him getting my bike. Um, and, then for and then he saw me and he comes over like, and, and this is the universe guys. Like this is the, mm. the guy comes over and he goes, sir, are you okay? And I'm like, can't talk. Like had a concussion, cannot talk. And this dude's picking my bike up and he gets me up and he's like, is this your bike? Can I help you? Um, mm. and, and, and I just like point down the road towards like where my apartment is. And I'm, I'm, I'm like trying to say home, but I can't speak. Right. Like oh, this is what happens when you have a bad concussion. So I'm like going that way. So I end up walking down and, and, I, and I'm like giving him the thumbs up that I'm okay, but I'm like wet from something, which I thought was the wine bottle. It was not the wine bottle. Um, and end up getting home, stumbling up the stairs with my bike and I collapse on the floor inside. My brother, who's also a physician, looks at me and goes, what the hell happened to you? takes off my backpack, takes my shoes off. He throws me in the bathtub and we like start doing like an examination. So my backpack is sitting in there and I'm starting to get speech back. And he's like, why are you so wet? Um, and, I, and I'm like, wine, wine, wine. And he goes into my backpack and he pulls out an unshattered bottle of wine. Oh, wow. This is when we're like, oh shit. So Eek. start taking my pants off and it's all blood, right? Mm. So I, I had internal lacerations and, and all these types of things. So we start to do the examinations. We throws me in the back of his truck. We go to the hospital. I get catheterized. I get too many x-rays. Um, this, this, this. And, and the guy's essentially like, okay, you have bucket handle fracture, which is bad. Um, and hopefully you're going to be able to walk or run in like nine months and we'll come back and we'll get this catheter taken out in like three or four months and things like that. And, and all of that, which a catheter for anybody that's really curious, if that's like a, a, a playground, it's the worst thing ever. So uncomfortable. Um, and it's, it's really degrading, if I'm being honest with you, because like the dude that came in, um, he was like an on-call urologist, didn't want to be there. So he like doesn't care. Like hey, I'm like a, a machine to him. He's like, this goes here. And it's just like, and it's just embarrassing for a lot of different reasons, right? Um, a lot of very demeaning. So I get back home and I'm like, they're like, take these pain meds. It'll help you sleep. And I'm like, no, like I need to know what hurts so I don't move my body in that way. So that process starts to happen. So physical body's just fucked, Right. And what continues to happen over the next two weeks is that I start to spiral into depression. Can't get outside, can't get vitamin D because I have a catheter bag. I can't really stand up, Oof. right? The, the pain's starting to set in. So I start to spiral in this depression. I have like, I don't even know at this point, two weeks later, you do around like 12 hours of class a day times, right? 14. So I'm like very, very behind in this very complex doctorate program. And 
started calling my teachers. I'm like, I can't do this. And they're trying to help as much as they can, but I'm like anxious and depressed and anxious, depressed, can't eat because I don't want to eat and everything hurts. And I, I just like, I'm just like, what the did I do to deserve this? And that's when I got the call. So it was a Friday afternoon and I'm laying in bed and I'm just like staring at the ceiling of like, what, what the fuck is going on in my life? Like, why, why? And I get this phone call and I answer and it's like a friend, a family friend. I don't know the guy super well, but he calls me and he's frantic. He's like, get home. And I'm like, I am home. He's like, get your brother home. And I'm like, he's taking a test right now. Like I can't get, he's like, get your brother home. I'm coming to your apartment. And he hangs up. So I'm like kind of freaking out because this dude's like kind of squirrely. Um, like he's like one of those dudes I'm like, ah, don't come over to my house. So I call my brother, call the school, call his friends. I'm like, get home, get home, get home. This dude's coming over. And like, we had like a weird falling out type of thing. And I'm like, he's frantic. So my friends, my brother's friend finished up the test, goes back into the test, get my brother out of this thing. And my brother comes home and I get myself out of bed, propped up and I'm like against the wall. And 30 minutes goes by and my brother is like, I'm on my way home, I'm on my way home. And my brother comes upstairs and he's with the guy. And they're both sobbing. My brother comes in and he closes the door and he sees me standing and like holding onto the wall like I haven't stood up in a while. He sees me holding on the wall and he just looks at me from across our little shitty apartment. He says he's gone. And I look at him. I said, who's gone? He said, dad's gone. And I just start sobbing. Like I'd seen my dad three weeks ago and I didn't know at this time what had happened, but he comes over and he just, he just holds me like this big, like my brother's a very strong man. And he just holds me and he just embraces me mm -hmm. the way that my dad used to. And he and I just sob for mm -hmm. like an hour. So what had ended up happening is my dad has bipolar schizophrenia and he had gotten into a manic state we didn't know any of this at the time but he'd gotten into a manic state after a really shitty divorce and uh, he had gone and he had shot himself he'd committed suicide so not only was at this time my body completely broken i was confused frustrated didn't know where i was supposed to go but everything else got brought down after that what am I supposed to be doing? How am I supposed to be? Like, I, I, there was nothing really left. I, was, I felt like this empty vessel and like I, I completely ejected Chris out of the experience and I was just watching this happen. And at that point it was like, hopelessness is what, is what really I felt. Yeah. So like me and my brother start to like piece together, like how the hell do you do a funeral? Like I'm 22 going on 23, right? Like my brother's young. He's like 25 at the time. And we're both like, the, what do we do? And I can't remember, where's your mom? Um, so my parents got divorced when I was 11. My mom's up in Michigan. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and this, my dad's, this was his second marriage, third marriage. Um, so he lived in Atlanta, like 20 minutes away from us. It was amazing. Okay. Right. And we had rekindled our relationship because like he was very busy. He was working all these different things. Um, so we, we had this amazing relationship and like our life was good. And like, you know, I thought like, you know, quote unquote, life was good. Um, you never see the struggles that other people are going through type of thing. Um, very, very important lesson, right? Don't judge a book by its cover type of thing. Cause like externally, like he was fine. He was good, healthy, great job. He built movie sets, was, like hung out with movie stars. Um, but inside, yeah, this, this storm of just all these different things. So 
we started to navigate that and tried to get back into normal life. And, and what ended up happening is the day after we found out my dad died, I went back to the hospital and I was like, take all this equipment off me. I signed a book worth of waivers and liability forms. And I was like, I need, need to go for a walk. I don't care how much it hurts. And the doctors and the urologists are like, you're an idiot. This is going to cause you lifelong damage. And I said, great. So went through this entire process and I, I started just going for painful walks around the block to start, but like I had to be outside. Like I knew there's something about nature, like even innately back then when I was like pretty like sleeping, um, pretty asleep nature, right? Like it, there was this thing I needed to be out there. And I always loved nature. I'd always gone for walks and hikes and I love Atlanta because of that reason. Um, and you know, start to fast forward three months and the body does what it naturally does. For anybody out there that doesn't know this, your body doesn't want to be sick. Your body doesn't want to be in pain. Your body wants to express happiness. It wants to express bliss. It wants to express joy. It wants you to feel good, right? It's, it's, it's an efficiency exchange, right? It costs a lot of energy to be stressed out and in fear a lot, right? Because when you get stressed out, you shut down the creative portion of your brain and you shut down all these different things and you push all the blood, nutrients, oxygen, all into the muscles so that you can be in this fight or flight, right? And that costs a lot of energy to be happy. Life is easy. You're in flow, right? It's like the day before a vacation. You'll stay up until 2 a.m. packing and then wake up at, at 4 a.m. with two hours of sleep ready to go. Like yeah. that state of joy is it's like a never-ending battery. And my body was starting to calibrate and heal itself. The body naturally heals itself. It, it always will. It always does. And my body had healed itself enough that three months later, uh, the woman that I was dating at the time dropped me this message. We got to talk. And she's like, well, you're going to be a dad. I'm pregnant. Something that the doctors told me was impossible, right? So I'm in my early 20s, no dad, body still broken, baby on the way, $200,000 in debt from school. Yeah. So when they told you that you couldn't have a baby, was it just like what about the reproductive system was broken, quote unquote? So like there, there was just like contusions and damage and all of these different, like, like the last time that I'd gone to the hospital, um, like right after my dad had died, there's like, there's so much inflammation. We can't really get a good image of what's going on, but here's like kind of what you can expect. Um, and I was like, okay. Um, but I knew like part of the reason I went into the doctorate that I did is like, we have a very strong philosophy around the body innately heals. It has this intelligence, the intelligence that runs through the universe that allows a flower to bloom when the sun comes out. It's the same intelligence that right now is orchestrating 10,000 chemical reactions in all 100 trillion of your cells, right? <laughs> There's something running all of this, right? And I trust that intelligence to heal my body. So I, I took that at face value because there are limitations to matter, right? That's inside of like the quantum, um, which I'm sure we'll dive into that too. But if you step out of that and step out of yourself into the quantum field, nothing is impossible because there's no limitations because you are pure energy. You are pure awareness. So they had told me, you're not going to have kids or you're going to have troubles. You're going to have ED and all these other things. Mm. And, and I was like, at the point I was like, didn't really care about my physical body because I was eating myself alive mentally and all these different things started to happen. So, um, I spiraled deep into this depressive state right? As like anyone at that point would do of like stacks on stacks yeah, of like natural response. shit. Yeah. Just pure, like what the fuck. And at some point in time I hit a low point and I, I went for this drive and, and I was like, this is it. I'm going to check out. This is, this is like, I can't, can't do this anymore. I was hopeless. And like, what, what's the point? I have a broken body. I can't 
not hate myself when I wake up. I have anxiety, depression. I can't eat. My healthy body's deteriorating. Like I have another three years left of school. I'm $200,000 in debt. Like wouldn't life be better if I just hit the reset button? And I went for this drive and rolled down the windows, unbuckled my seatbelt, cruise controlled 120 miles an hour, and I was going to wait for the tree, right? And the tree never came. That's wild. The tree never came. I woke up about 200 miles away from home in a different state in a Waffle House bathroom, throwing up with a waitress there at two in the morning, just holding me. And I like came to, and I was like throwing up in this wall. And I don't know what happened. Like there's, there's that two, three hour block of my life that I don't know. Hypnotherapy, psychedelic therapy, all these different things, breath work. I don't know what happened during None of it still revealed it. Zero. Right. And I've done some work. And at this point it's like, Jesus took the wheel, right? Like the universe (laughs) said, the universe said, I hit you with a car, but now I'm going to drive it. I got you type of thing. Like the universe has those cosmic jokes or whatever you want to look at it. I think it's, I think it's like, cool. Like I have shit to do. Yeah. I love it. So at that point in time, I went and I was completely covered in my own like throw up and, and these people just took care of me. Like they didn't know me. They had no idea what I'd gone through. They thought that I was on drugs. In the bathroom looked, of a Waffle House. In the bathroom of a Waffle House, this, wait, <laughs> this waitress was taking care of me and she wow. did not know who I was, right? And I look up and, and she's like, sweetie, you okay? Like, did you overdose? Did you do this? And I'm just like, I'm just having a hard time. And I just cried. Uh-huh. Like I really, really cried like the cry that you like want to have. I needed that. Mm-hmm. So the chef closed down the Waffle House. And legit, wow. Legit closed down the Waffle House, went to a Walmart, got me a shirt and got me shorts, gave me the clothes and they fed me and gave me coffee. And they just said, stay as long as you need. Wow, like they don't chills. know me. They did not know me. They had, they had no idea who I am. So this all transpired and I sat there and I just drank coffee and I just stared and watched the sunrise. And what ended up happening is I had this realization that I'm meant for more. Mm -hmm. These these things weren't an accident at all, right? And the reason that I'm labeling them as negative and bad is only because at some point in my life, somebody told me death is bad, trauma Mm -hmm. bad. And I had that programmed into my subconscious that all of this was bad. And I started to think about, well, if that's actually like the programming that I have, how do I access that? How can I change that? Because in this state for the first time in a long time, I felt okay to not be okay. And I was curious Mm. and I started to wonder. So I asked the waitress for a napkin and I asked her for a pen. And I wrote down a declaration on that napkin that no matter what, I'll be better tomorrow than I am today. Wow. And I just never stopped that process, started to educate myself, started to understand the brain more, started to dive deeper into the neuroscience, personal development, speaking, and fast forward to where I am, you know, like four years later, I'm a extremely proud and present single dad to my extraordinary daughter, whose name is Phoenix for potentially obvious reasons. Um, she's a badass woman, right? She surfs, she paddle boards with me. She mountain bikes, she loves her life. And I coach and I consult on the power of the brain to orchestrate the mind. I'm a professional biohacker and I can help people heal their bodies faster the same way that I did, right? Because all the traumas and things that they said that my body was never going to recover from, I'm healthy as an ox, um, no ED, no scar tissue, no any of the things that they said was ever going to happen. And that was the thing, like we're hackable. Like we're a super quantum computer that wants to express your highest truth. Like that is like the function of the brain and the mind, but you need to learn how to navigate it. And that was kind of where my passion started to come in is like, great, 
like, I don't have trust in personal development. That's really where I got deeper into the neuroscience. I don't trust personal development because like positive vibes and shit like that. If one more person like positive vibes, bro, I was like, I'm going to shoot you in the foot. Um, <laughs> and it's like toxic in some ways too. Right. So I was like, all right, my brain is creating negative thought patterns. Why am I creating negative thought patterns? Well, negative thought patterns arrive from a stress response because my portion of the brain that is not problem identification, but solution orientation, those are two different parts of the brain. And what I'm doing is problem identification, problem identification, problem identification, problem identification, problem identification. And there's a portion of your brain called the reticular activating system, which essentially is pattern recognition software based on the thoughts and feelings that you have. It will create meaning in the external mm -hmm. world. So I was like, I'm a piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit. Bad things happen to me. Bad things happen to me. So every time I'd hit a red light, a positive reinforcement to I'm a piece of shit, bad things happen to yeah. me. Right. And even if we don't have awareness of it, you're reinforcing that pathway. So I would sit there and I hit that red light and I go, oh, fuck, I am an asshole. Right. Like, like bad things happen to good people. And that's just the way things happen. And then I was like, wait. If that's just a part of my brain that's like overactivated or overstimulated, can't I turn that off and turn the good parts on? Right? Like I learned this. Mm -hmm. I learned how to be anxious. I learned how to be depressed. Yes. I learned how to like lose my worriness, right? So it's the process of remembering and rewiring, right? So if I could rewire my consciousness to activate these different parts of the brain that make me feel inspired, blissiplined, all of these different things, they will give me the brain state to have a mindset that functionally goes through trauma, right? And that was the secret sauce. I can create a brain state that gives me the mindset to do the work, right? And I think that's where a lot Ooh. of people jump off board is like mindset, 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 one more book, one more podcast, one more book, one more podcast, mm -hmm. one more coach, one more this, one more that. And when realistically, a lot of what they need is just some skill sets to turn on the right parts of their brain, turn down the other parts of it, and then learn how to like have a ha happier, healthier life. Like all of those things, they're not like compartmentalized. And that's what the brain really loves to do is like this, 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 mm -hmm. this, they're all separate when it's not true. Right. And the more that you can start to erase that illusion, um, the faster you'll get onto living your best life. Damn. <laughs> Damn, and that's the dude. show that's all folks <laughs> Woo. yeah dude holy cow yeah good thing i asked you to start there because that i mean nothing we don't even need to comment that's just powerful there's so many things in there so first did you say bliss blissiplined Blissiplined, yeah. So I got that term from that. Vishen Lakiani. Um, and he has blissiplined blissiplined oh, practices. That's okay. Yeah. So like where what are you doing on a daily basis? Like if you know the things that you're doing right now are creating anxiety and fear and keeping you stagnant, great. I have an equation for anxiety, depression, and regret. Nice. All right, what equation do you have that actually makes you feel good about your life, right? Like, mm -hmm. and there's things that you can do to hack that. So like, for me, I, we were talking about this before the show. I live in an extraordinary small town um, that's right behind an island um, in South Carolina. And we just put this amazing park down by the water. So that's where I go work out. They have outdoor desks and they have Wi-Fi, which I love and hate. But what I'll do <laughs> is I'll strap my paddleboard on top of my car and then I'll go down there while my little girl's at school. and put the paddleboard in for 30 minutes, access flow state, play with the dolphins, feed some sharks, right? Come back in, work on my computer. Like, ah, I feel like I need a break, right? And I've programmed that into my life. Now I understand for our listeners out there, like, Chris, I work a nine to five, like that is not available to me. Okay. Don't be the victim of your circumstances, right? It's an internal thing. Anytime that you dictate 
external things saying, this is how you feel. You are the victim of your reality. You cannot change something that's not your responsibility, right? So great. How can you build discipline into your daily life? Well, if reading makes you happy and education makes you happy, amazing. Start to take some online courses, right? For me, I know that I'm so fulfilled by like learning and listening and writing and journaling. Like I, I, for anybody that's watching this, I don't know if this is going on YouTube, but like Mm -hmm. this, there's like seven journals right here. That's the first half of this year. I've gone through 14 journals this year, right? I just got a new one two days ago. Right. This is my, this is my new one. And I know writing makes me happy because it gives me inventory. Like, where am I really right? Better tomorrow than I am today, better tomorrow than I am Mm -hmm. today. And I say better tomorrow in the state of, I'm not trying to like have a perfectionist mindset. I'm just trying to like move the needle, right? 1%. If it's a little more awareness or a little insight or a little, I feel, and I need to cry, which happens often in my life. Cool. I've moved the needle, right? It's more awareness is what it is, right? I want more awareness of who I am and what this universe really is. That's dope, dude. And I wanted to ask before I forget, do you still have that napkin that you, that you wrote that on? It is framed. Yeah. Oh, I love that dude. Where is it framed? It's framed up in my bedroom. Um, it was, wow. so I like ha- had it tacked onto my ceiling. So every time I would go to bed, so like, here's, mm-hmm. here's some like where I got into like big biohacking. Um, I had this profound realization, right? And I, I wrote that down on the napkin. Then I came back and um, had this mindset, like I got shit to do, right? If you want to get out of the hole, put down the shovel type of thing. So I put down the shovel, mm-hmm. but then it's like, all right, I need to learn to make ladders now, right? So I felt hopeless, needed hope. Where did hope come from? Well, hope comes from the possibility of having change. Well, how do I create change through having different awareness and different strategies? So I started to educate myself, but I still had anxiety, still had depression, body still broken, right? Had nine months before my baby girl was coming out. So I was like, all right, time to get to work. So I started to read books and started off reading a book a month, maybe two books a month. And I was like, this ain't going to work. Right. And on top of that, I'm doing this very intense doctor program. Um, and like in some way, shape or form, like trying to like cook healthy meals for, yeah. uh, for baby girl and for her mom and stuff like that. And like be present with them. But there's only so many hours in a day. Uh, so I went on a polyphasic sleep schedule, polyphasic sleep schedule, uh, would take five 20 minute naps during the day, totaled up to not a lot of sleep, but, uh, it worked pretty well for me for about six months. So during that time I learned to speed read. Uh, so I got my book reading skills from like two books a month to like two books a week. Still not good. Better speed reading. I could read like, uh, maybe like four books a week now. That is good. Not great. Then I learned something called photo reading. Photo reading activates uh-huh. a portion of the subconscious, which hides inside of your occipital lobe. Your occipital lobe can process up to like 10 billion bits of information per second. And your conscious awareness can process about 14. So if I can hijack a portion of my occipital subconscious to read books, I not only can scan them, but I will have an entire encyclopedia of that book based on the questions that I have. Then it just becomes an organization thing. So I started to get good at that. Fast forward another three months, I could now read uh, like four or five books per day. That's insane, bro. Why have I never heard of this? Not only from you, but just people in general. So it looks unbelievable. Like if you watch somebody do it, it looks fake. It looks so fake, right? So when are I just like, get into are you just turning one page per second? So I'm occupying my conscious mind with twinkle, twinkle, little star. You go twinkle, twinkle, lit, and you go one page a second. And what you do is you create a blip in your vision 
And what you're doing is activating your uh, parasympathetic nervous system, which turns on the occipital lobe based on what you're focusing on. And then I'm occupying that conscious mind with a bit of information, right? And then I'm going through the books and my brain has pre-built in questions that I have for the author. So I'm having a conversation with the author. I'm not reading a book, right? Mm. Because if you if you try to read a book, you will only read at the speed that you can have conversation, right. right? If not slower. But if I am having this quantum conversation, time space doesn't really exist. And I'm just going to download information. So I'll go through and I'll read the front and the back of it. I'm like, this is an interesting book. Here are 15 questions that I want to have answered from this book, right? So I'll go mm-hmm. through it because typically if you get two or three key points out of a book, you're doing pretty good, right? And retention on books is around 40%. This gives me gives me an eighty to ninety percent retention, right? And I can do it. I can read a book in thirty minutes or something like that, right? So this is like where the hacking started to come in. So I'm like, okay, I want more focus. I need more drive. I need more of more, 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 right? When realistically, you are worthy, and I am worthy as a human being, as a soul inside of yep. this vessel, right? And I can have more things if that's what I want, right? Like it's not it's not a bad thing to want more or want better, right? And that's what I wanted. I wanted more focus, more drive. So I started to get into biohacking, right? So like, how can I make my brain work better? How can I have more focus? And that drove me to meditation, mindfulness, neurohacking, nutrition, intermittent fasting, working out all of these different attributes that made me into like what I, I, I say, like a superhuman now, um, but it's a train, right? It's like training. If you want to get really good at free throws, you don't like, mm, I'm going to shoot some hoops like once a day, right? I got obsessed, right? And I created neuroplastic changes. Mm-hmm. For neuroplasticity to occur, you need two things, right? Write this down. Neuroplasticity, you need two things. Focus and you need the emotional component, which is urgency, right? You need intensity, right? Urgency, you need to like have the reason to go do it, right? If you don't have that why behind it, the entire like focus point doesn't work. But what most people have is they have defocusing techniques. Defocusing mm-hmm. techniques is mindless scrolling on Instagram. Every time you swipe on Instagram, you're defocusing. You're taking down your ability to focus every single wow. time, right? Every single time your notifications are going off. So like for me, I have all Apple things now, which I never thought I'd have. So. <laughs> All of my shit syncs up, but they are all on do not disturb minus text messages from like four people, right? From like my mom, my grandma, my brother, and my friend Tara, who if she ever listens to this, don't let your ego get too big on that, (laughs) right? Um, But those four people are the only ones that are allowed to get through. And then I have dedicated social media time, right? So like I know I'm faster on my computer than I am on my phone. So I will open up and do social media on the computer Mm because it's faster, right? Productivity hacks, things like that. So all of these things started to combine into what are these blissipin habits? Like what makes me happy? What makes me fulfilled, right? Speaking right? I love speaking. I love coaching. I love consulting. I love doing this right now. Like I am like filled (laughs) up to the brim, right? This is, this is like, I am on fire at the moment, sipping some coffee, taking some notes, talking with a beautiful, handsome human being, like all of these different things. Um, this is what I love. So this is what I choose to do with my time. Right. And it's, it's, it's a measure of like, how often do you want to do that? And I could be having this conversation and completely hate my life too. I made the choice to enjoy this. Yeah, dude, I love that. When it goes into who, man, dude, there, there's so much good info here. So to break it down, going back to earlier, you said remember and to rewire, which also that relates to what you just said about you are making the choice. So just as it's 
it's a practice to stay in anxiety. It's a practice to stay in fear. It's then you are literally like that dude, that sounds crazy as hell reading four to five books a day. I've never heard of anyone. Why have I never heard of anyone doing that? That's crazy. Because it's, it's, it looks unreal when you like, when, when somebody does this, so like, this is how I got my first consulting gig, like straight up. Cause like when you yeah, do that, like sense. you're just like banging through these books. So like you take your reading speed from like 1200 to like 60,000 or something crazy like that. So I'm in a waffle house. Waffle houses I feel like turned into my thing. Um, <laughs> Because there's no Wi-Fi, I leave my phone at home and I would go mm. there. So I'd take my 20-minute nap, get uh, my daughter's mom at the time to sleep. Um, she's still her mom. But when we were together, I'd get her those two down to sleep and I would meal prep for them. So that if they woke up and I wasn't there, they had food, right? Um, and then, But I was there as much as I possibly could be. And then I'd go to Waffle House with a stack of books, right? I was broke as hell. Like I was eating like beans and sardines because like, that was like the best thing that I could do for my nervous system at the time was like omega threes and like healthy proteins, but I couldn't afford wow. to go get grass fed steaks. So dude, sardines, beans and sardines, dude, that's the name of your first hip hop album, bro. Beans and dude. sardines. Yeah. But if you want to get like jacked and shredded yeah. beans and sardines are the way to do it. And then I would do uh, yeah. bulletproof coffee. Right. Mm. And those, those, that was like basically my diet for like six months and my body transformed. Um, mixed with sunlight and proper meditation, all these different things started to add up. So I was in a Waffle House and uh, I got this stack of books. The way I would get my books is I would go in, I knew how much money I could spend every week to the penny. And I went in $5 on Thursdays. I would go into uh, Goodwill and I would hand the cashier, um, her name was Sherry, <laughs> give her a $5 bill. And her and I had an agreement that I could take as many books as I could carry out. And she would look the other direction. Whoa, dude, I love this story. So I'd give Sherry $5 bill and I would go to the back and I would find all of these different books, right? As many as I can carry, no cart, no bag. And I would stack them, right? And then I'd walk out the door with like 15, 20 bucks, right? And it was Atlanta. So like, there's some good books. If I go to the Goodwill here, there's not so many good books. But if you go to like mm -hmm. big cities, like that's what my library is. Like if you guys come and like check out my library, there's all like, why is there these little blue and purple and yellow and green tags all over your books? I'm like, cause they're Goodwill books. They're all Goodwill <laughs> books. So I had a stack of 10 books with me and I'm in this Waffle House, had a cup of tea, a cup of coffee and water, clean water, clean water. Don't drink tap water. Um, you can drink tap water, but there's better ways to do that. Anyways, um, so I had all these things stacked up and I had a yellow legal pad, which was my journaling method at the time and uh, my five cent blue Bic pen, which I've since upgraded to price different pens now, which are like 10 cents, but um, <laughs> I would sit there and I would crush these books and there was a stack, right? And I had like seven coffee cups. Like I looked like a mad person, right? Um, like bags under my eyes because I was still anxious and depressed. Mm -hmm. So like midnight, one o'clock comes rolling around and these five guys in like four piece suits come in with Rolexes and they all pull it up in Teslas and Jags and like these nice cars and they come in and they go sit in the corner and I'm like, what the hell's going on? So I'm like, whatever, put my noise canceling headphones back on and I'm like crushing these books. And like 30 minutes go by and I like hear them, like they're like pointing over here. Cause it's like the two of us, right? Like we're mm -hmm. in this, like it's them and me. And I'm like in the corner, like back to the world, but I can like hear them. So I turn around and they're like walking up to me and they, they put a $20 bill on the table and said, we'd like to pay for your meal. We'd like to pay for your coffee. And we have a bet going on. Half of us think that you're going to be <laughs> like unable to communicate. You're like a beautiful minds type of thing. <laughs> and the other half of us just think that you're a lot like us and you're just trying to get your shit together. Mm. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm just trying to get my shit together. My life had become a little bit untangled and I'm trying to make sense of it. That's what I'm doing. And they're like, what are you doing with those books? Um, 
And I started to explain to them, I'm just trying to find myself. And I got really good at reading these books at different speeds. So the guy took, takes a book out of the bottom of that stack and he goes, prove it. Uh-huh. And I go, cool. I said, open the book to any page you want or open it to a couple different pages and just like write down some information. And I, well, we'll test it. Sure. Let's see if I can actually do it. Right. So I go through and I give them, give them my legal pad and they're like, okay, got some questions for you. And then I go, cool. I'm going to need like 20 minutes. Right. So I like open it up. I'm like flipping through the book and they're sitting there and they're like, you know, doing whatever they're doing and flip, 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 fast forward 20 minutes and takes 10 minutes to organize the information. So we sat there for half an hour and then I said, okay, I'm ready. And they start to read off these questions and I'm like this, this, this. And I was like, ah, that's, I think that's actually on page like 64 and open up like, oh, it is on page 64 and stuff like that. Um, and they were like, Okay. Why not? <laughs> yeah. They're like, what? And they're like, would you come in and like speak to our company? And I was like, yes. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what do you want me to come speak about? Mm-hmm. Um, you're like, well, just come talk about the brain and like the way that you explained everything and like bring a book. Um, so I like came in and like at the time I had like, didn't have any clothes and any like thing nice. So I came in <laughs> with like my nicest clothes was just like a pair of joggers and like a nice, like graphic tee that said like, love yourself or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I walk in and, uh, the address they gave me was for like the public's headquarters in Marietta. And I like walk in, I'm like, Oh, it's the public's. So for people who don't know, that's a grocery store in the South. Yeah. So I walk into there and, uh, I'm like, I'm here to see Dave. Dave's not his actual name, but I'm like, I'm here to see Dave. They're like, they said you'd be coming. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, good, (laughs) good. Expectations are good. And I went in there and I gave my first consulting gig and they gave me 200 bucks. Um, and I just talked about the brain and neuroscience for like a while and they were all like, cool. Wow. Okay. And then the guy came up to me afterwards, um, one of like the members and he's like, do you coach? And I was like, what sport do you play? Um, straight up had no idea, right? Like what like, <laughs> professional coaching was. Cause I played yeah. like collegiate soccer and I'm like, I could probably coach you in soccer, but I like, haven't <laughs> done that in a while. He's like, no, 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 no business coaching. I'm like, business coaching like i don't know and he's like wow he sat sat me down he's like this is going to be your path like we pay people hundreds of thousands of dollars to go do what you did and we gypped you because you don't know who you are what you're doing yet Mm -hmm. um did he actually say that to you Mm -hmm. good for him yep and he said here's what i want to do and this is like people are going to be like no like he's like i'll give you twenty thousand dollars to coach me for the rest of the year to make my brain work like yours I want to work with you for six hours a week and I want this, 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 this. And I was like, (laughs) $20,000. Yes. God, God, is that you? Um, And I, and I, and something inside of me was like, just like, wait a second, just wait a second. Like, don't say yes. Don't say no. Just take the time. Mm. Um, And I said, can I think about it? And he said, yeah, right. Like that's a wise choice. Good for you. Um, So I went back to my apartment and I sat there with it and I'm like, is this actually what I want to do? Or do I just want the money, right? Like yes. I need, needed the money. I'm like, what could I do with $20,000? Like, you know, I could, I could do this and I could like, you know, not eat beans and sardines and, for the rest, and, rest of the And you have a new daughter. You know, I have like- a daughter, right? I want to like provide her with Christmas because like, um, that was a bad point. She was one. Um, and I like, I had no money for her. Like I couldn't get her anything for Christmas. Um, so like I, I got her like a stack of books um, and like, I, I would like read them. I still have them, but like, that was like a really like low point of like, all right, dude, like you're doing it like to the best of your ability. But I had like 
$20 in my bank account or something like that at the time. Mm. Um, and I was like waiting for like the next round of like student loans to come in and I had $20 and I'm like, I need the $20 for gas money. Wow. Um, so like went to like the Goodwill and like one of like the stacks um, that I like brought home like in like September or something like that was just like a stack of like natural like documentary books like with big pictures and things like that. So like wrapped them up and I'm like, this is, this is yours. And like, you know, I, I was like sobbing wow. my face off. Like I went outside and like said, I was going to go for a run. And I like went around the corner and I just sat on like the curb mm. and I just cried. I'm like, this is not the life that I want. This is not, this is not it. So like back to like this gentleman, like I'll give you $20,000. I'm like, so how far apart was that? Cause you gifted books from Goodwill with big pictures. And what mm-hmm. month did he ask you to, did he ask you to coach him? That was in November. Wait, so um, 20 grand for two months. For a year. Oh, for a year. I thought it was the yeah. rest of the year. Okay, for a year. Yeah, so for a year. He said, for a year, I'll give you 20 bucks uh, or 20. And he's like, he said, I want six hours per month um, type of thing, It was, which was a lot of time for me, right? Because I'm still in the middle of a doctorate program during mm-hmm. this entire thing. And I said, no. I told him no. Um, I was like, man, this, I, this is like going to be the hardest thing. But like, I, I don't something inside of me is telling, telling, you no. like this would radically transform my life. Um, but I just like, I, I don't, I can't, I just can't do it right now, man. And I, I, I didn't know what it was at the time. And I was like, I just can't like, cause at the time that I would have been sacrificing would have been time with my daughter or I would have mm. like brought my daughter with. And I'm like, no, like these are such important years of her development where like she's learning to walk and crawl and like, you know, she, she's learning all of these different things. I don't want to miss those moments, right? That was part of the agreement that I had set up with myself is like, I'm not going to miss these parenting moments at all. Like I'll do everything that I can to set up a business and a lifestyle where I can be a full at-home dad. Um, so I told him no. And, and he said, dang, you know, I, I don't respect a ton of people based on their decisions, honestly, in the, in the state that I'm at, he's like worth millions and millions of dollars. Right. And he's like, I respect you so much. Yeah. Call, call me back in like six or seven years when you're at your prime and I'll, I'll be <laughs> yeah. your, I want to be your client. Um, so fast forward, uh, last year he was my client. Um, and did it was you amazing. Call, did, did you call him back? Mm-hmm. I called him back. Um, and like, you know, like, Hey, Jerry, it's, Dr. Chris, I am a doctor now. I did it. Um, he's like, I've been waiting. <laughs> did he really say that? Yeah, literally. It was like one uh-huh. of those moments in a movie. And it's like, I've been waiting. I'm like, I'm like let's go. Um, cool, it was amazing. Man. Yeah. Did you say you both cried? I cried for sure. I called him and okay. I'm like, hey, it's Dr. Chris. Um, and he said, I've been waiting. And I was like, yeah, me too. Like, and I was like, it was like that moment where I was, I was just like so proud of myself Cause like when I look back and like some of the journals mm-hmm. that I have from like those old times were like, like, I'm just talking to myself, like, dude, you got this, like, you can do it. Like, I believe in you. Like we can do this. Like it, you, people see this in you. Like I see it in myself. Like we got this. And I'm like reading these journals now and I'm like, fuck, I, I did it. Like, it, and I'm like, I'm not there, but like, damn, like not only did I put the shovel down, built the ladders, but now I'm helping other people build ladders too. Like, let's go. Mm. Dang, dude, that's so much, there's so much good stuff in there. There is. That, oof, dude, some of those stories are crazy. And what I want to point out is even while you were in that Waffle House, you said you were still just sad and depressed. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and I want to <laughs> dive into that. And remember what I said before we started about me taking a potty break? 
Yo, as Chris and I take a potty break, <laughs> uh, I want to tell you about a really cool event that I just barely launched. So we're having the very first ever live online event, um, and it is called Fear of Rejection 101, Give Less Fucks. So if you struggle with the fear of rejection, this event is for you. If you're afraid of what people think, if you literally form your life around other people because of what they think or say, you value someone's opinions or beliefs over your own happiness, this is for you. So what we're gonna do, it's gonna be about six hours event and we're gonna dive into the beliefs and like what is the root of this and how do we overcome the fear of rejection. It's that simple. I don't need to tell you or plug you or try and sell you why or you need to overcome the fear of rejection. If you have it, you know it sucks. <laughs> so if this interests you, hit that link in the show notes. It's in the description um, or just go to my website. It's feeling-free.com and go to the events page and you can go check it out for more info to sign up. Um, and it's we're keeping it snug. So, you know, we're not going to have hundreds or we're not going to have tons of people in there. It's going to be snug. So if you feel like this is for you, if you feel called, go act on that intuition because that's exactly what we're going to also be learning is trusting your intuition and acting on it, making your own decisions and living your life for you, loving your life for you and not for others. So if you want to overcome the fear of rejection, go to my website, feeling-free.com or click the link in my description. All right, y'all, let's get back to the convo with Chris. So Chris, we are back from the potty break and- Post potty break. Post potty break and we are just, dude, I'm having a good time. This actually feels, I mean, it feels really good. And I feel like my relationship, it is, my relationship with podcasting is changing because as I've been away from social media or certain things like that, I've really gotten, you mentioned this in the first half of understanding your why. And I got lost in like the recognition, the validation, the success, the I'm just trying to get views or likes. And even like the quote unquote helping people was part of the ego too. And so like just this conversation is a, it's a re- reinvigorated is that word invigorated or just reinvigorated we reinvigorated we revitalized yeah. <laughs> revitalized and it, yeah it's just refreshing because the flow and it's funny because at the beginning i asked i said okay we're going to get into the basics of like the science and the brain of fear and then we went into this incredible inspirational story but i think that's so perfect because that is you how you bridge science and spirituality and how even how you you do such a good job about about that about how you coexist with both of them so you mentioned about like your relationship with personal development about how if someone were to say chris just be positive just be positive just be positive like hey shut up right but then you understanding the science of it uh spoke that language to you initially initially so but i know you speak both languages now and technically it is the same language right? Just spoken differently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what is all of what I just said? What are you thinking? So <laughs> I knew, I knew I needed yeah. to make a change, right? Like all of us, like we get to that point where 
if you, and if you haven't done this, take the things that you've done today so far, magnify them by a thousand, take yourself two and a half years into the future. Do you like what you're looking at? Right. Have you maintained a healthy mindset? Have you maintained a healthy, you know, body? Have you maintained a good spiritual connection? What's your community look like? Are you making an impact? Do you feel fulfilled? Right. And then magnify that. Right. Cause every day you're either staying still because you can't go backwards. Right. I want everybody to know that you can't go backwards, but you mm-hmm. can pretend to stay still. Right. Because the universe is in constant expansion. Right. So even if you think you're going backwards, you cannot physically do that. Like a mind expanded never returns to its original dimension. So yes. when it came back to all of this, I was like, okay, need to make a change. Right. And I think you have to get to that point. You have to take real serious inventory and say, is this right now the life that I want? Or if you like want to run an online business or you want to be a coach or you want to be a speaker, like guys, when people, when everyone starts off like speaking or consulting or coaching, they think they can't do it. Like I want everyone to know that like, uh, yep. like Tim Ferriss and Jim Quick, Vishen Lakhiani, at the, we, they all have the same thoughts that you're having. Like I want to be a speaker. I want to be a coach. I want to be a consultant. All of us are like, yeah, I want that. But like, can I actually do it? Or is like my mom's basement still open for rent? Like it, like those are like the real thoughts that run through, but you have to get to a point where you're like, I have no plan B. I have plan A and I have plan A, right? Because if there's a plan B, there's always that like, I can move back. And it's like, no, 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 I'm doing it. So will you explain like what's, I'm curious from your perspective and from the neurology, the biology, all the things, what is the brain doing at that point when we feel fear of it's like we want to make that plan b we want to do all these things what is our brain literally doing so guys let's let's talk shop right so your brain (laughs) is a quantum computer and what it's doing is trying to make sense of your world based on perceptions based on sensations right sensations perceptions right you don't have control of your sensations right like the the tea that i just went and made is hot right? Sensation, hot. It has a specific taste, right? But my perception of that is a subjective experience and it's Mm. subjective based on the brain state that I'm in. Let me explain. The brain wants certainty. It wants certainty because certainty equals safety. So when we talk about change, you are putting uncertainty into a certain life, right? Even if it's positive change, it's good things, it's still change. Doesn't give a fuck, right? It does Mm -hmm. not want that because like it you have your labels, let's say, right? And the labels are like create this this cube around you of like who you are, right? I am doctor, I am dad, I am Chris, and all of those things define me, right? I say define, and, and that's like who we are based on what other people think that we are, right? But that's exactly how we build these belief systems of like, mm-hmm. okay, who are you? And like, these are really great questions to ask. Like, who are you? Why are you? What are you going to do about it? Questions that I ask myself every single day. This is what I journal about. If you guys are wondering, well, how the hell do you journal so much? Ask yourself those questions and like, <laughs> see if you're not like writing novels. What were they again? Who are you? Who are you? Why are you? What are you going to do about it? Mm. Um, yeah. Every single day, crush those. And then there's a whole nother exercise that I do with journaling we can dive into. So the brain wants certainty, right? Anything outside of the known and the certainty of like, okay, Chris's dad, doctor, parent, right? All those different things, right? All Whatever that is, that defines the label of Chris, right? And those are built on somebody else's belief system. So at the moment that I step into the uncertain of, wait, 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 now you want to be like CrossFit or you want to do something different, you mm. are putting 
something that is unknown into a certain equation and it puts the brain into stress, right? And that stress state, here's what happens in the brain. You have two systems, right? Two systems. You have designer mode, which you can say, great, I create the perception of my reality. Even though this is hard, I'm going to do it anyways, like working out, right? Because workout is stressing the system, but you're internally doing it because you know it's good, right? You can see the long-term benefits of that. That is a good telltale sign that you have frontal cortex activation. The frontal cortex is the area right behind your forehead. So if you go like eyebrows up, that's your forehead, right? And then behind that is a portion of your brain called the neocortex, um, prefrontal cortex, has a bunch of different names. It's the new guy on the block, right? It's the newest part of your brain. And that brain controls high long-term potentiation. So it's your ability to think long-term thoughts, right? So instead of like, well, I'm going to eat this pizza and I'm going to eat pizza every single day. That's like a short-term thing, right? Versus, all right, here's what I'm going to do. Long-term plans, right? I'm going to eat this, 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 and you have long-term potentiation, right? This is long-term storage. It also has creative problem solving abilities, has rational thinking, has the ability to orchestrate and give positive meaning to subjective experiences, right? It puts you you in the seat. So like the reason that right now I'm saying that this is a fun conversation, despite this being something stressful is because I gave that meaning, right? Mm. I gave it a positive experience. That's the frontal cortex online. What happens when we get stressed is we take in information, right? Senses and perception. I'm taking in all these senses and then I have to give meaning to it. The brain is a meaning making machine. And what it does is takes in stimulus through the senses compares it to the past, looking for pattern recognition. And if it finds something in the past, that's like kind of similar to that, like, ah, okay. It'll project that into the future and it'll give you that future state in the present now to prepare for that. Um, Right. That's what it does. Now the science of that I'm taking in information comes up through my sensations, right? Goes up to a portion of the brain called the thalamus. The thalamus redirects that information into different areas. One of those areas is called the amygdala. The amygdala is essentially like a ping pong paddle or a a paddle. But what's, what's the, what's the game with the, with the buttons on the side? Um, ping pong. It's not ping pong. It's uh, just pong. Yeah. Whatever it is. Like the initial, but it's the, are you talking about, cause like the part of the, like, cause the amygdala is just like the size of an almond, isn't it? It's the size of an almond. It's a small little fella. Um, but what that does, it, it directs information either to the frontal cortex, um, which the frontal cortex can redirect it to different areas that have to do with creativity and it can direct focus and things like that, or it shoots it to the brainstem and to your limbic system and a specific part of your limbic system um, called the gyrus and the precentral gyrus and things like that, which are all habitual patterns, right? It's the subconscious, right? Beneath awareness. That's what mm-hmm. subconscious means. Sub is below, conscious is focus, awareness, observation. So you get fear, right? So you're taking in stimulus. It's new. I've never experienced this before. I don't know what's going on, right? And this can be thoughts. This can be ideas. This can be different things, right? And you take it in and the brain goes, oh, wait a second. This is bad. This is new. Therefore, trying to kill me. So, all right, let's, let's overreact. Let's push it back. Let's do this. Let's do this. And this is what this looks like functionally. Thalamus, amygdala, information goes to the limbic and reptilian brain, right? The brainstem. The brainstem does not have long-term potentiation. It doesn't have long-term planning. doesn't have rational thinking. What it has is reflex arcs, right? It's literally it's re- reacting like a reflex. Like it just, it's a reflex. Yeah. Like, your like knee, how you hit your knee. Yeah. Yeah. It's a patellar reflex. So take an information, compare it to the past, goes to the front and it says, okay, that was bad. Therefore, this is bad. Therefore, let's overreact. So what it does is it shunts all the blood, oxygen, and awareness away from the frontal cortex, out of your organs, out of all these things that are going to produce health, 
wellness, vitality, good ideas, all of these different things, shunts it all out of there. And what it does is sends this electromagnetic signature down the spinal cord to the peripheral nervous system. And in the peripheral nervous system, that signal goes out and tells all 100 trillion cells in your body, hey, something is threatening to eject the soul out of the meat suit. Therefore, let's prepare to fight or flight, right? <laughs> or option three, which is freeze, right? So what that does is upregulate stress responses in your cells. It'll literally tell your genetics that you're in a dangerous situation. And if you do that for a little bit, it's okay, right? But this situation is not meant to be a long-term thing, Yes. Right? It's meant to be a short-term 14, 15, 20, 30 seconds, right? Because if you go back to the caveman era, when our brain primarily developed, you got 15, maybe 30 seconds for the bear or the panther or the jaguar or the, get the rival tribe to kill you. And if at the end of that, you're done. So it's essentially taking your car, putting it into second gear, and then smashing the pedal and going as hard in the pain as you can. And the engine can handle it for like 15, 20, maybe 30 seconds. But if you start going for a minute, two minutes, five minutes, five weeks, five months, five years, you're going to blow mm -hmm. pistons, right? You're going to mess up the engine. And this is where we start to get these acute and chronic diseases that start to yes. come up. So starts off and you're like, all right, I got this little bit of low back pain. I got a little bit of this because right. Fear is not just like this brain state, right? It's orchestrating this brain body connection. So yes. if you get into this fear state and you're stuck in it perpetually, and you're thinking the same thoughts, the same day, day after day, right? You get to get this overactive amygdala. So instead of like a split between like oh like maybe i can like learn from this and it puts information to the frontal cortex shoots to the brain stem and then it goes we're gonna die and it become overactive so nothing wants to change right this overactive amygdala is essentially running your life everything's a trigger everything's happening to you stress anxiety stress anxiety stress anxiety and your brain is doing it because it loves you right it really wants to keep you alive right it keeps you alive so that yes. you can have creativity inspiration like it's not fighting against you it's just trying to keep you alive it's doing the best that it can it's literally it's doing ex like you said it's computer it's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing yeah so it does it sends that signal down into your body and then that that signal does a bunch of different things. Tell your cells to upregulate um, stress cortisol, all these different things, right? So what cortisol does, which is the stress response, it boosts epinephrine, right? So it makes your kidneys like fire really, really high, shuts down everything else, right? So your kidneys and your adrenals are going, 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 and it gets you like this excited rush and you're going and you're going like, let's go, let's go, let's go, right? And mm -hmm. sometimes it feels like that rush and sometimes like it's like, oh my gosh, overwhelming anxiety. If you do it for long enough, overwhelming anxiety, right? So all these different things have mirroring postures, right? So if you have like low back pain or you have like the rolled in shoulders and things like that, yeah. those are all postures of like the fight or flight syndrome, right? How are you breathing right now? Are you breathing through your diaphragm? Or are you breathing through your chest and your, like your shoulders, right? Do you have a yeah. tight neck, right? All of those different things, like the muscles that you're using to breathe through your chest and through your shoulders, they're not meant to do that. You have a diaphragm. Your diaphragm is meant to actually help you breathe. All the other ones, if you're breathing through your chest all the time, it's going to mess with your posture, back pain, mm. pain between your shoulder blades, pain in your neck, right? All these different things are going to be good indicators that you're in this stressed out state. So all that starts to happen and you want to go into the fetal position, right? That's what your body really wants to do. So it'll start to contract your hip flexors, yes. right? And your hip flexors are attached to your spine, right? Your spine. That's not something you want contracting all the time, like low back pain for shizzle. But what it really wants to do, it puts you in the fetal position to protect, 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 mm -hmm. right? Because your most vital organs are anything that doesn't have bone around it, which is your gut, right? Your abs. Like even if you have washboard abs, like 
that's pretty volatile to like attacks, right? To teeth and all those other things. So the fetal position is a protective mechanism. So you roll your shoulders in, you put your shoulder, like everything goes into the fetal position, right? That's fear. If you sit into that position long enough, you will actually trigger that response. Just like the brain talks to the body, you can change the body to change the brain, right? It's Damn. a two-way path. So there's a really great study um, by Amy Cuddy. She's a neuroscientist out of Harvard. It's called the Wonder Woman Study. If you look at yourself for two minutes in the mirror, shoulders rolled back, hands on hips, it'll boost estrogen and testosterone in women, downregulate the amygdala, and downregulate cortisol. It's a really great exercise. You look at yourself in the mirror and you smile like an asshole and you just like be <laughs> proud of yourself. And it has a neurological effect on your body, right? All of these different things start to come into play. So when it comes down to it, the game becomes, how can I downregulate the amygdala? I want more frontal cortex activation because you cannot experience happiness and sadness at the same time. You only have the ability to experience one emotion at a time, right? So all right, if I take in all these sensations and then my perception is actually what's determining that this is bad and then that perception is what's regulating the sense response, can I change my perceptions? Yes, right? The question to that is like, the answer to that is yes. You can absolutely change your perceptions, but you need to be in the proper brain state to actually make grounded things. So it comes down to your core belief systems, right? And core beliefs is a psychology term that really talks about what those primary triggering patterns are, right? What are the things that are deep, rooted emotional responses that you learned when you were a child, right? So like you learn and grow based on the ages of two to about 12 to 14 years old, you take in stimulus because at that portion in your life, your brain waves are stuck into something like theta alpha Yes, and theta and alpha um, are essentially download, right? And they are feeling states, right? So you have the limbic system turned on because if you're trying to download a ton of information and make sure that somebody doesn't die, you want to give them the richest environment to learn from. And emotions are the richest possible substance that you can provide, right? Because a picture tells a thousand words, right? But language can only tell specific things. But emotions paint a picture. They give you the whole spectrum, right? If you guys ever remember your first kiss or your first love, right? You can paint the entire picture of that thing, right? Mm -hmm. You remember all of it, the sun, the moon, the exact words that were spoken to each other, the look in your eyes, like you could take yourself back there because emotions are really, really valuable. So when it comes to that, your core memories are built from the ages of two to 14. And that's around how you see yourself, how other people see you, how you see relationships, your relationships with money, your relationships with worthiness, and your relationships around how you perceive the world. Is the world friendly? Did you have a nice, safe environment? Or were you moving around a lot? This, that, and the other thing. But those are rooted in emotion, in the limbic system, in the mammalian brain, right? So if you want to get through and rewire your nervous system, affirmations aren't going to cut it because you're thinking into something that is a feeling, right? You have to get into the feeling brain, right? Because if you're trying to positive affirmation, and honestly, if you're trying to journal your way through without emotion, journaling is a great vessel to get you to feeling. But once you get to feeling, you need to be with the stillness of that feeling. That's how you rewire the brain, right? You need focus and you need urgency. Those two things create neuroplasticity. So when it comes to that, how do I downregulate the amygdala? And you want to downregulate the, down the amygdala so you can put your focus, energy, concentration into the frontal cortex, which has your long-term planning, long-term potentiation, your best personality, right? All these things are housed in the frontal cortex, rational thinking, so you can actually think through these things. Because when you're young, creating these belief systems, your rational brain's not turned on, right? You're in the feeling mode, all feeling. So if you don't have a rational thought, like the reason you're afraid of like, clowns 
even though you know that that's just a person inside of a suit is like, it's an irrational belief system that you created because you were scared when you were a kid and you were scared with intensity and focus, right? Urgency and focus. And you wired in that pathway and then stimulus comes in and the brain is an efficiency exchange machine. I want the most efficient thing possible. So then it goes, Hmm. All right. Instead of like having you be consciously aware of what a clown is and think, well, clown scary, I'm going to make it a reflex arc. So then it's just mm-hmm. clown scary. And then that bridge between thought and emotion is just thought action. Thought, so yeah, you don't action. have to think about it. Yep. And so yeah, and that's what it wants. Right, efficiency meaning saving energy. Yep. Because that's what your brain is doing. Exactly. So, so woof, dude, that is good. So, so fear is stress, right? Like literally speaking. Fear is uncertainty in a fear, lot of different ways. Right, and that's what like stress in our body. And so, and why I think this is so important is because yeah, fear is like uncomfortable to feel. And yeah, you want, you want to overcome your fear to, you know, quit your job and get out of that relationship, all those big ones. But the chronic things is what I would like for you to touch on of like, how is this? And it's, it's, this is, it's chronic, but it's so big about how it's literally making people sick. Yeah. So you get stressed out, right? Amygdala sends that signal to the brainstem, brainstem runs on overdrive, right? You're not meant to be in long-term chronic stress. Like, yes, you're gonna have stress responses throughout the day, but you want a healthy stress response. You're stressed, cool, something's actually not threatening your survival, right? This brain evolved to deal with like caveman-like situations, bear in the cave, snake, rival tribes, things that last a very short duration, right? And you have the stress response for that. Like epinephrine is not meant to run on high drive, either is cortisol. So when that happens, you actually change your genetic expression. Mm. This is a big one. So there's a great book called Biology of Belief, which talks about that we are not doomed by our genetics. Our genetics are actually determined by the neuro... um, by the neural conductive properties that our brain is sending into our body. So the electromagnetic signature of the brain determines your genetic expression, essentially. So you have to think about, am I stressed out chronically? And if you don't know, guys, this is like the work that I do. Like the the things that I'm wearing on my wrists and the things that I have on my ankles, they're all biometric feedback devices. So I know like what my brain is doing on a constant basis. So here's what starts to happen. You're in stress 80% of the day. Based on research studies, you're over the age of 35, 80% of the day you're stressed out. For real. So studies show that just adults are stressed 80% of the day? Yep. Damn. Yeah. So it's like 80% 80 of adults are stressed 80% of the day. It's it's a silly thing, right? Like a lot of us are chronically stressed. And this is like pre-2020. So like, I bet that number's gone up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You got to look at those types of things, right? And like, what is actually going on? Um, So... You're sending this signal down into the body. The body's having the stress response. The cells are responding, right? And the cells are going, all right, like we're in this like fasted survival state. And the genetic expression, like you have a lot of DNA in there that's ready for things like this. So like your genetics came from like Africa, right? When there was like drought and scarcity and all the things that were real. So when you get into like a stressed out mode, here's the things that start to happen, things that you can start to recognize. You're really, really fatigued. You're sleeping, but you're not resting. You're waking up exhausted after eight hours of sleep. You can't turn your brain off. You're constantly craving carbs, right? Because if you're stressed out, like when you're stressed out and you get an email from your boss, let's say, right? (laughs) You have the same stress response as if you have a gun to your head. I kid you not. 
or the phrase come come into my office even if it's just like they give you like a piece of paper can i get your signature Mm -hmm. or the immediate thought is i'm screwed yeah exactly or like the the one that we get like can we talk or like we need to talk it's (laughs) like oh boy pucker up right and then all those (laughs) muscles get tight yeah and all those muscles get tight and the body responds and you're dropping epinephrine and like that's not the way that you want to go into those business meetings because like Mm -hmm. you can't think like you don't have creative solutions like creativity lives in the frontal cortex and and other parts but if you're stressed out yet you're just saying you're like oh with the the the, the, but that you can't piece together words right Mm -hmm. so like the creativity which is like one of the most important things that you can have like Forbes constantly produces articles that like the number one thing that we want consultants and business owners to have in 2020 2021 for the next decade is creative problem solving right mm-hmm. not creative problem identification creative problem solving <laughs> so if you're stressed out you don't have like that app is not available to you in the app store you can only identify the problem you can't see a solution so you're constantly running in constantly self-sabotaging and physiologically that stress response is down regulating the things that are going to help you be happier and healthier. Like again, the body doesn't want to be sick. It wants to express itself. It wants to be healthy and the body will naturally like heal itself given the proper like neurological environment. But if there's a disconnect between the way that you're thinking and the way that you're feeling, those signals aren't going to go through anymore. So you start to create these destructive patterns, like literal, like neurological destructive patterns. Like I'm happy, but I don't feel happy, right? Mm. There's no connection there, right? There's no coherence. Um, so when those things begin to happen, you just start to store those emotions in the body, right? Because those emotions are really, really valuable pieces of information. So we store emotions in the body, store emotions in the body, store emotions in the body, not as chemistry, but as electromagnetic signatures. So we'll store it in our low back. We'll store it in our shoulders. We'll store it in all these different areas, right? In the fascia, in the muscle, in the tissue, and all these different things. So that one day when you actually have the neurological feeling of safety, you can express those things and you can learn from them and you can experience them. But most of us are walking around with like two five gallon buckets filled up with water in each hand of these experiences and shoulders rolled in, back hunched over, right? All these different things. So we're fatigued, constantly craving stress, like we can't sleep at night and you need that one more glass of wine or like one more beer or like you become dopamine dependent and externally validated, like all the things like can't see your own worthiness, like all of those things are just a lack of regulation of that frontal cortex in so many different ways. So if you want that new life, you need to create that new state. And that goes back to what we said in the, what you said in the first half, right? Of it's the the neuroplasticity of your it's a habit. Like it's just it's yes. choosing it. Because again, just hyping hyping this up of your brain is an, it's a supercomputer. It's trying to save as much energy as possible. So that's how habits are formed. So Chris, have you gotten to the point of where all of your like whatever you want to say, good habits or whatever kind of habits is your brain to the point now where you have formed that groove. So it's like, how is your, I'm just curious with you personally, because if people listen to the first half, the crazy ass amount of books you read, all these things, like so many people are like, this dude is a superhuman, right? Like how, how, where do I start? How do I do this? So I'm curious with you specifically, how is your body still being a human? And is it easier for you to maintain these habits now? It's never easier. You get stronger, right? Ooh, like, I like you, that. It's never easier. You get stronger. Like you're still going to be a human. The difference now is like when shit hits the ceiling, I know how to turn the fan off. 
right? Like I, I know how to like actually like have some skills and some strategies. So like, all right, I got triggered today. I'm frustrated. I'm upset. Cool. I need integration time. I need to go be with that. What caused that? What did this? I have the ability to be more vulnerable with myself. Mm-hmm. And that vulnerability is when I get perspective, right? And vulnerability is an internal thing. I create that feeling of stress inside of my system. And if you intrinsically create that, your system doesn't go into overload, right? I've like trained myself. All right, we're going to be vulnerable here, right? And it's going to be uncomfortable. But the awareness of the uncomfortability does not put me into that overdrive state. It keeps me in control, keeps me thinking, keeps me feeling, right? So like, for example, if you go skydiving the first time, like you don't remember any of it because you're so stressed out. You're Mm -hmm. like, I just jumped out of a fucking airplane, right? But if you talk to people that have done it time and time again, or if you uh, watch, there's a Netflix documentary, you got a guy that uh, free solos uh, Half Dome out in Colorado, right? They did a brain scan on him. His amygdala is like not activated at all. Like the dude is just steady, right? And that's where you want to get to. So I've downregulated my amygdala now every single day with these practices that I get triggered. The response is 30, 60 seconds, sometimes two, three minutes, right? And then I go, cool. And I make notes of it. And then at the end of the day, I process and integrate those things. Mm. And if I have these macro traumas that come up, I have coaches, I have therapists, and I work through them with the strategies, right? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together, get a coach, get a therapist, like these types of skills and strategies you can have. But when it comes to it, the strategies that I have, like they really help me with my own stuff. But again, having perspective of other people, like, Hey, this is kind of what I'm witnessing with what's going on in your life. What do you think about that? Right. To create that safe vessel, that'll take you further, faster, make you stronger than anything else. Well, is that perspective of another human being? Dude, that's dope. Um, What would you say? I'm curious. So what is your advice to the people right now listening, or even as you consult and coach people, do you consult typically more intellectual people like yourself because it's more in the business world? you're you're nodding like yes of course yes yes and no so it's been an interesting mm-hmm. year um this year i've only i've coached three men um and i've coached basically after that all women um mm-hmm. which is an which is an interesting thing um when it comes down to it there's there's two different strategies you want in the moment strategies that like you're not going to like if if your partner and you and have are having a fight you don't want to go like get all triggered yeah like go yourself you piece of Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And guys, don't get me wrong. Like I've been at that point in my life and I've like made those mistakes and overreacted and and all those other things. Right. And I've gone through and done as much forgiveness and continue to do forgiveness for not having those strategies and things like that. So don't blame or shame yourself for the past. Right. But you need those in moment, like, all right, we're going to breathe through this type of thing. And I'll show you guys one of those strategies, but then you want the daily practices that are going to constantly neural prune those old pathways, right? Because that's the thing. You don't want habits. You want rituals because habits are subconscious patterns. It's a part of the unconscious. Mm. It's in that gyrus, right? And beneath that, you want to break that and bring it up to the conscious, right? Because you don't know what you don't know, right? Four phases of learning, unconscious incompetence, and then it goes to unconscious or conscious incompetence, right? So now I know that I don't know. That's where you want to go. That's where the secret sauce is. But to pull those triggers up, you need to have body awareness. You need to have emotional intelligence. Where am I? What do I do? What do I feel? Right. And having those types of strategies helps having a coach to do that. So in the moment, and then you have the long-term triggers that are really helpful. And everyone knows like the long terms, right? Those are really helpful. So 
for me, journal, meditation, movement, um, and then like coaching and things like that. And like my blissipin, my blissipin practices, right? So like after this, I'm going to go down to the water, go do my thing, paddleboard, journal, all those things, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Cooking with my family, stuff like that. Like, go ahead. I was going to say with the more intellectual people, where do they typically get stuck more? They don't know how to feel or they're afraid yes. to feel. It's not okay, that they perfect. don't know how to feel. They don't know. They're like, ah, yes, no, I'm feeling it. And I'm feeling it. And I go, we're doing breath work today. Right. So like, mm. um, there's strategies like that, that you can have a facilitator do to help them drop deeper into the body. So I'm not saying like, let's go holotropic breathing, but I'm like, okay, cool. I know certain breathing patterns are going to cause certain neurological like patterns and to like allow the facilitation and like we can move energy around the body and energy is, um, like the, the foundational block of emotion, right? Emotion is energy in motion. So if yes. I can actually get them connected to that thing and like, where do you feel it? Right. Or, or I can have them visualizing like beams of light moving through their body. I'm building that neural map in their brain of their sensory cortex of like, all right, here's your feet. So the more that you move that and the more you have awareness of that movement, it builds that deeper neurological pattern. So the more that you're aware of body awareness, the higher capacity you have for emotional intelligence. And those emotional mm. intelligence things are just awareness of where you are right now. How am I thinking? How am I feeling? And then is that being dictated by my external environment or am I setting the stage for how I want to think and feel? So what's the ROI? So just so everyone knows for people listening, Chris is going to teach in our men's program in 2021, which this actually might release in 2021. So this year, um, which I'm super, super stoked about. So is it with men or other people, What's the ROI on feeling? Like, why should we feel? So the experience of being a human is not about thinking, right? The things that really matter to you gave you an experience, right? And an experience is your body moving through space with emotion, right? Emotion colors life. It's what's like the good thing. Like the reason that you fell in life, fell in love with your, like your, your partner, whoever the heck that is. Right. It's because they like had you feeling something. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we get programmed to think that feeling is bad because a lot of the time, all the feelings that we have are negative, right? Or we don't feel inspired or we don't feel passionate or, you know, we label vulnerability as like lack of safety and stress. And like, I don't want to feel because the feeling mm-hmm. makes me feel bad or I feel vulnerable. And if I'm vulnerable, I'm therefore not strong and I can't provide. And if I can't provide, well, my family, and we tell these stories, right? And that's what stress really does is it colors these emotions as bad and negative, right? And then we start to think, well, emotions are bad and negative when realistically that's the thing of life, right? That's like the secret of the alchemist is to transform your thoughts into emotion to change the experience, right? So when you start to get into that understanding of like, okay, like, is your life numb? Are you bland? Are you sick of what you're doing? Well, you're probably stuck in your head, right? And like, mm-hmm. I, I raise my hand and I'll put my flag on that mountain for sure because I'm an intellect, right? <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to this, like the reason I got so far into emotional intelligence is because like that does me all, all the live long day. Like here I am, I'm going to think, I'm a thinker, think, think, yes. think, 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 right? And I have now merged thinking with feeling, right? And like, I think therefore I am, well, I am emotion. I am Chris and Chris is the experience, not of thought, but of me feeling who I am in this space, my truth, my, my vulnerability, my insecurities. It's all me. It's all who I am. And I want to experience all of who I am. Right. So if you want the full Mm. spectrum of life, you got to be willing to be vulnerable. Dude, I love that. And I really, I'm happy you touched on that because you are, like you said, like you've put your flag into that mountain. Um, Yeah, I'm king of that hill. King of the hill. And it's funny to me 
like I definitely have a similar response. It's when people think emotions are bad, I'm like, you literally are making every decision based on your emotions right now. As like, why do you want more money? Because it makes you feel a certain way. Why uh, do you want the promotion, right? Why do you want the car? Why do you mm -hmm. want the vacation? It's like, yo, you want more quote unquote success because it makes you feel a certain way. So you might think emotions are bad or you're avoiding emotions. It's like, you are literally making, you are emotional. You're making emotional based decisions every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the more that you like, you can step into that, like when you're numbed out and like, you're not feeling like, like I know like so many of like the people out there right now are like, Oh yeah. Like I don't feel anything. I just feel disconnected. You're feeling everything at once. And it's become like just this plateau, right? Mm. Like physics law. If you have two waves that have the same um, peak and the same like, yeah, then they cause a destructive pattern. And it's just this. So there's a lot of energy going into it, but the output is nay. Right. So you want to slow down, feel your feels, right? And that's just like a really simple, like Buddhist technique of like, what am I experiencing right now? What am I experiencing right now? What am I experiencing right now? What am I experiencing? Right. Or there's a really great journal exercise that I give a lot of my clients to get them going into this. You set a 10 minute timer and it's called pages and you just write down anything that's coming up to your mind, or you can type it out if you're really feeling froggy, but you just write it down right? Like I'm feeling nothing. I'm feeling nothing. I'm feeling nothing. Purple elephant. Mm. Well, why the hell am I thinking about a purple elephant? Well, I'm thinking about a purple elephant because this one time, and then like 10 minutes later, you're like, I just wish I was like more loved as a child. And like <laughs> three months later, the book's published, right? So like you can yeah. get into the feeling body, but you have to be willing to do it. And it's, it's going to be uncomfortable mm. because it's going to be new. And we've already discussed the new comfort and how the brain tries to keep us there that's powerful dude so as as we close first i just want to thank you because this is dope like we've covered so many different topics from i mean just your incredible inspirational story in the first half and then the, the science and just like the benefits and how our brain functions with fear and like how it keeps us sick and all those fun things i want to close with something similar we've already talked about because of how you said you've merged you know feeling and thinking which i love mm-hmm and, but I want to ask you as, as a man, cause we've had conversations off recorded things about this facts, facts. So how are you as I want to say a sentimental man as a heart centered? Cause you are, cause I feel that from you. So I'm definitely a feeler always yeah. have been a sensitive person. Mm -hmm. And even as, whatever identity you want to put on it, right? Is like you you definitely are smart as hell, right? And and all those fun things. But it's it's just beautiful to see someone who has merged thinking and feeling like you because you are maximizing your human experience. So how just as a man, how have you felt uncomfortable or what is the messiness of feeling emotions? What has that experience been like for you? It's scary. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's straight up scary because like we are so wired as men especially men and like especially women right like to not feel like because like that vulnerability of like that was just like there's there was days where i'd just be like sitting with like my journal like especially like this year and just like fuck that was hard like holy mm -hmm. shit that was hard and like being with that and like that surrender and that vulnerability and things like that again like this this is like the entire premise of my work is like create the stage so that the, the dance can happen right create the stage so the dance can mm -hmm. happen right 
and the dance, like the, the masculine, right? The masculine energy is creating the stage. It's holding the space. It's the vessel. And you are both of those, right? And we all have a dominant depending on what season of our life it is, but being able to openly express and just be like real with yourself, like it's fucking gross. It's nasty. Right. But like on the other side of that, that's the goodness, right? That's where you can like look back and like, that's why I'm able to share these stories the way I do now. Um, because I went through and I did the work and, and it's, it's not fun in the, in the midst of it. Right. But you need like that support. So like reach out to Ben, reach out to a therapist, reach out to a friend, because like you can only go so far with yourself. And like when it, when I was going through like my lack of worthiness and like not being good enough and, and all these other things that came up to the surface, I intellectually knew that I was whole, I was complete. Like if you can look at yourself, the way that the divine looks at you, you would never question your worthiness again right? And I knew that intellectually. And every single day I chose to find some point in my day to experience that, right? To have an emotional connection to that, even if that was vulnerability, right? Because nothing is good or bad thinking is making it so. So if I'm labeling something as bad, it is simply a perspective and I can choose to change that subjective perspective, Mm. but it's gross. It's nasty. It's tears. Mm. It's snot bubbles. It's eating pizza at 2am. It's all (laughs) those things that it should be, right? Dude, that's beautiful. How has spirituality surprised you in its similarities with science? Because you mentioned masculine, feminine, these energies, like you definitely are well-versed. I mean, hell, if you read five books in a day, you've read, how many, have you ever read the Bible or anything like religious texts? Mm-hmm. Yes. I've read, read the Quran, Tao Te Ching. Uh, I've, I've read four different Bibles. Um, my favorite Bible is called the Genesis Bible. Um, it's actually the Bible that was prior to uh, the King James like mm. edited version. So there's like the book of Thomas and the book of Jesus cool. and the book of Mary. Um, and like, if you want to like dive into like the magic of life, like that's where like that was magic, what they were writing about. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like the new Bible, like you can read anything. Like there's that one quote of like, somebody can, can read like the Tao Te Ching and not have any meaning. And then somebody can read the back of like a gum wrapper or whatever and, and uncover the mystery of the universe, right? Things like that. Um, but yeah, I've read a lot of those spiritual texts and they're beautiful and they give perspective, but like you write your story, you write your Bible, right? There's smarter people, more wise people than I out there, but if I'm dictating my life based on their thoughts, again, I am even in that perspective, the victim of their consciousness, Ooh. right? Even in a good way, right? So if you take something all the way to heart and it determines the way that you're living your life, even if it's in a positive way, you are the victim of that. If you're not choosing to like download and be your own truth inside of that, like you have to take the the reins of the the ship at some point, the reins of the ship, the, the steering wheel at some point, right? <laughs> the reins of the ship. I like The that. reins of the ship. Yeah. I, want, I don't want to be driving that, but at some point in your life, you need to shatter the codependence on caring what other people think and get to like, and I just talked about this on a podcast yesterday, got to get to the fuck it point, right? Where you're just like, I don't care what anybody else thinks. This is who I am, right? I was endowed with these gifts. Like I talked about at the start of this divine downloaded into me as I in a specific way with certain gifts, right? For me, I love speaking. It's the thing that lights me up. I love coaching. I love talking Mm -hmm. brain. I I love reading. I love playing with my daughter and I love dancing like a fool in the kitchen, making Mickey Mouse pancakes. Like those things (laughs) light up my soul, 
right? And that's, I'm like, cool, I'll claim that right now. And who knows, that'll change in the future, right? As she grows and as she develops and we continue to intermix our co-creation, I make sure that I'm not codependent and that she has her own independence and that she's choosing her choices and I can help facilitate the guiding of those, especially for parents. Like I'm not going to let her run into the street or put her hand on the oven. Like, no, no, no. Like I've learned those spiritual lessons. Let me get you like evolution. (laughs) Right. But at the end of the day, like you make the choices. So when it comes to like hitting rock bottom, spirituality is all you have. And if you don't have that, you're stuck. You're like, you're just going to be there. Cause if there's no divine purpose or there's nothing beyond any of this, then what's the point? Dang dude. Who, what else, if anything is, is on your heart that you want that you feel to share right now? Mm. Or think, I, <laughs> Or think, right? Like that's, that's the part of it is like, there's, there's no right or wrong in the way that you're doing. Like, even if you're, you're not where you want to be, you're exactly where you should be right now. Right. Yeah. And, and remember like, that. And like what we're saying is, cause I mean, you know, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza, a lot of other people are popular with his works now. And I popped onto a YouTube interview with him yesterday and I was looking at the comments of Joe is amazing. Joe is amazing. He's legend, you know? I'm like, okay, yes, but you are also missing the entire point. Maybe it could be just my perception of it, but is he is telling you, you are yes. powerful. You are the legend, right? And so it's just interesting to me. And so why I bring that point up is like all these different points that we've discussed this you know, these past couple hours is no, like you are amazing. Like you are you and going into what you brought in into, into this last point is like with religious texts, it's like, no, you are the author of your story. Mm-hmm. Like no one else is going to know like, yeah, you're going to help your daughter, you know, don't touch the stove, those basic evolutionary things. But at the end of the day is live your life, live your truth, speak Holy. it. Cause yeah. no, cause no one knows better than you. Like, you are incredible. Yeah. You, you are the rudder of your ship, right? Like you determine where you want to go and how you want to be. And like the big thing that I want people to like come up is like claiming your worthiness and being proud of who you are and the direction that you're going is the path to like unconditional love of self. Right. But it's a stair step, right? If you want to get to that unconditional love and acceptance and worthiness and all of those things, you have to go through the other rungs as well. But like, it's also not ego once you get to that point, right? Of like, this is who I am. And like, I worked hard as hell to get here. And I'm really proud of myself for that. And like, I might be confident in speaking and all of these other things. And I'm proud of that. But like, even when you say, oh, Chris, you're smart and things like that. I, I full heartedly accept that. Thank you for saying that because mm. it worked my ass off to get here. <laughs> yeah. And that's not like my ego speaking. Like that is me. Like I've loved myself hard enough to get to the point where I'm proud of who I am and how I right but it's daily right it's those daily practices damn bro well where can people connect with you uh i'm firing up my youtube channel again here pretty soon where i'm dropping the daily on the daily the healthy mind fucks i got a podcast called the healthy mind fuck um and i'm blowing up on instagram um and i'm in control my instagram page as is so if you drop me a comment or drop me a message i always respond to those as me um, so the handle for that's just Dr. Chris Lee, or if you want to go to my website, it's Dr. Fully spelled out Chris There's all kinds of goodies, but my YouTube channel, same way, Dr. Chris Lee, it's all Dr. Chris Lee. 
yeah, and that's all linked in the description and show notes because I know you guys want more of Chris of how he merges thinking and feeling, science, spirituality. And I love it because it's all nuance. It's all, it's both. It's living in the ands. It's living in the gray. It's but the black and white. It's both, mm -hmm. you know, it's and not excluding everything. So again, Chris, I appreciate you, your time, but you just as a human and as a friend, I'm so grateful, like for real, that like when I was sitting this entire time with you, I'm like, damn, dude, I'm glad, <laughs> like, I'm glad that we disconnected and I'm glad because yeah it's just a wow it's just a, a moment of appreciation and wow so thank you sir you're you're an amazing human brain heart soul all the things thank you so much for saying that it really means like i'm so blessed to have like such extraordinary humans in my life like you too so like got it i'll do it one more time guys like get the message out there <laughs> it really helps if you like leave a comment and it really helps if you like share this with a friend if this really hit home like what's one thing you learned like the messages that Ben has been sharing through his entire podcast are like revolutionary. This is what the world needs. And the more that we can share his message, like people out there are searching for this right now, help them see it. Boom. You're the man, dude. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you soon, brother. All righty, y'all. You know what to do. If you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review. It would mean the world. And make sure you go follow Chris. Chris is an amazing human. I know you know that from this conversation. So all of his links to his website, his Instagram, his offerings, go look in the description so you can follow him and connect with him more importantly. And like he said towards the end is, even if you're not where you want to be, you're still exactly where you need to be. And it's okay. And yeah, he's just an amazing human, and I appreciate you all for being here, for taking an hour and a half out of your day to be here with us. It shows a lot about you. So I appreciate you. Take a moment to appreciate yourselves, and I will see you soon. I love you tons. <laughs>